Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, here we are on End Times Friday, and this is uh, going to be airing the actually the last Friday of the month, which is the 31st of March. Excellent. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And uh, uh, coming out of, uh, we've been here in Colorado, my wife and I, Linda, went up skiing. The snow is fantastic, by the way. Oh, uh, good for you. And uh, it's anywhere from in the mountains uh, from 80 inches to 110 inch wow. uh, yeah, base. Yeah, you were up at Beaver Creek, is that right? We've been to Beaver Creek. We were up at Copper Mountain uh, this week. Oh, okay. Oh, Copper uh, is one of my favorites. Yeah. That's and, so fun. And then we're going to go off to Snowmass in a couple weeks to enjoy that. And the uh, they're extending the season uh, by three to four weeks. Wow, uh, this because year, you guys this just year. recently got another big storm, right? Yeah, another big storm up in the mountains. You know, not a mm -hmm. lot, not a lot in Denver, but a lot up in the mountains. So uh, we're having Linda actually has gone skiing this year, and she's getting oh good for her, getting back <laughs> at it. So that's kind of fun, um, and it's been a, been a real treat to do that. And I know you finally had a little bit of snow, but you didn't have a great ski season up there in New Hampshire, right? We did not have a great ski season. Um, and, you know, from what I've heard, I actually didn't ever make it up to try skiing this year. But no, the most snow we have had has been the month of March. Um, it's been a pretty, pretty relaxed, low-key winter until then. And so we got, you know, we got 10 inches last week down here. Now the mountains got a lot more. So yeah. I think this week, I did hear a lot of people taking off to go ski this week. Um, excited to try something, but right on the heels of that came 50 degree weather. And so, you know, yeah. it starts turning into slush pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not the best ski season around here, but that's okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, we have the Colorado actually has the snowiest months are March and April. So it's interesting. Mm. Uh, we actually should have a lot more snow coming up. So it'll be funny. Well, we've been, uh, you know, following the end times and um, uh, there's been, um, the banking crisis mm -hmm. uh, that the, the public basically knows about the um, Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, mm -hmm. that, you know, went under, was rescued. Uh, there was six other banks that were in trouble. Uh, they've actually stepped in one of them um, and uh, First Republic and rescued that one already. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the big news, is that um, Credit Suisse, it's called Suisse, Credit Suisse, right. uh, which is located over in Switzerland, worldwide, and they have which big, is a huge worldwide yeah, bank. Huge, yeah, huge, you know, like a lot of things that depend on it. Um, they had to be rescued by UBS, mm -hmm. which is another Swiss banking institution. And they major competitor, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, and they were acquired, but they were funded by the central bank of Switzerland mm. uh, to be able to do all this 
because it was about ready to collapse. Right. And, and if they had to let Credit Suisse collapse, it would have triggered uh, the whole thing. Now, uh, just to just to let everybody understand is that it's not over yet. Right. And there's still a ripple effect. There's 186 banks around the world that are teetering on needing to be saved. And right. and here's the big news of it. Um, uh, and, and this will have implication for us personally. And that is that uh, the FDIC and other places around the world, the, the central banks insure accounts up to $250,000. Uh, well, uh, with um, Silicon Bank, basically everybody would have lost billions of dollars. Right. Um, and so the the FDIC, the Fed, stepped in and said, "We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and, and pay everybody's deposits." Right. Uh, they did the same thing for First Republic, Switzerland. Not for the investors and that sort of thing, but the the actual cash deposits, bank accounts. The people that have accounts. Yeah. Um, uh, they they actually what's called cram down the bondholders and the investors of the banks. The, the, those guys lose. Yeah, uh, I've heard a lot about that even because it's so interesting. You know, typically people think of bonds as like your safest investment. Right. Um, you you get a little lower interest rate, but that one's just a gimme. It's not you know it doesn't depend so much on the market. And so people who thought they had safely deposited or invested in bonds. You know, you forget that truly is an investment, and so there is indeed risk. And I think we had gotten very comfortable, at least in the U.S. I don't know if that's a worldwide thing, but very comfortable with the idea that bonds aren't a risk investment; they're just a make money investment. Yeah. And this definitely um, flipped that on its side. Yeah, yeah, because everything's at risk uh, in essence. And the um, so um, and they did the same thing with Credit Suisse, is that. They, they basically made sure all the depositors are whole mm-hmm. uh, and what's, what's called propping up the system. Because had they not, we would have had a more severe uh, scenario than 2008 where it was, on, it was ready to, to collapse the system. And, and again, right. because of what we understand you know, about the end is that um, uh, they're headed toward one world government uh, the economic scenario is what's going to trigger everything and control everything. Mm-hmm. And the federal banks or the central banks of every country is owned by, controlled by the Rothschild family. Right. And they're connected to the WEF, which is which their goal is one world government. And the the uh, outcome of that, which we'll t- we'll spend some more time in the next uh, weeks or so talking about. Um, what's going to necessarily happen, which will be a collapse. And there's, there's. Uh, I'll talk uh, next couple times about digital currency structure, mm. and that structure is being put in place, but ultimately has to wind up in a collapse, so that there's readily acceptance of the one world government. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it could have happened right now, right. And all they had to do is just let it go. Um, and just say, well, we deposit, we guarantee two hundred fifty thousand. That's it. Um, you guys that lost, you lost. Mm-hmm. But it, then it would have rippled through the whole world, right? Which, Can I speak to yeah. that real quick, just yeah. um, because I know I I've had questions from people about this, and just from you know a vantage point of Dan running a company and stuff, we've been able to see this. 
I think a lot of people, at least that I know, looked at that and, oh, that's SVB or that's Credit Suisse or, you know, these are big banks. The Yeah, there could be some ripple effects, but they don't fully understand that these big banks also own a lot of the smaller banks around and that you're not just talking about, you know, okay, so everything's guaranteed up to 250. The government did step in. The reason the government stepped in in that place is you have a slew, at least in the U.S., of small companies like like Dan's company who have bank accounts in these that the bank account itself is over 250. Um, Because of certain laws in place, they can't divide that into multiple accounts. It needs to be in one account. And the government... So if they, you know, if they were not protected or bailed out in this particular situation, payroll wasn't happening. Okay, now um, so let me let me let me, know, let me let me clarify. Person listening right now, a payroll not happening because the bank failed. Yeah, let me let me clarify one thing for you. Um, because it's structured by what's called uh, the federal um, employee or employer identification number, FEIN. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you put accounts in different names, right? You know, payroll account, operating account. Um, yeah. But if you have the same EIN number, it's all it's one. all it's all collapsed into one. Yes. So that, as far as the insurance. So goes. that if if your uh, investment uh, deposit in a bank under one identity, which could be for personal, it's a social security number. Mm. Um, Now, by the way, and we'll talk about this in a second because I think you have a great question from somebody, Um, or an EIN number, Mm -hmm. it's it's actually, just because you have multiple accounts doesn't really matter, it's the total. Okay, now now there is is one thing you can do. Mm. Uh, Put it in different banks. That is oh, interesting. Now that yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so you can have a as long as you have a different bank. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, not a different branch of a bank, right? Um, an actual, but an actual, actual different actual, institution, actual institution, and you can have the same EIN number or the same Social Security number in two different banks. Each account is then guaranteed up to two fifty because they're considered independent. Of, of that one institution. So right. uh, it's not just, just they don't take all the banks and collapse mm-hmm. them. It's it's what where you have your money, but because of the, in a sense, laziness, a little bit of laziness and a little bit of, eh, certainly it can't, it can't get bad. Mm-hmm. There's companies that have millions and millions and millions, even billions of dollars in, in institutions. Right. That there are nuances if they have revolving credit lines, a requirement to have all of their funds in one place, and that sort of thing too. That that the companies are oh, subject yeah. to. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, so, uh, but because of the what happened with Credit Suisse and these these, uh, right now the identity is is almost 200 banks in the United States. Mm. are in trouble right that we aren't we aren't through with the story yet now i believe given and again because i i see it being kind of manipulated that um they could have just let it go which Mm -hmm. which under normal conditions is like well let it fail and it fails but they didn't right and since they didn't 
and you would look at either one of two things. They must be extremely incompetent <laughs> um, to do to let this go and to and to prop it up because that's not normal, or they know something more than we do. Right. And, and they're not ready to collapse it yet. And they're not. And I don't think they're ready, which is why they're they're doing it because the Fed, uh, member the Fed is a foreign institution, not even a U.S. institution. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. I think the purpose, the game, is being played at a different level. And whenever they wanted to, they can pull the trigger, which they could have done it right now. And we just mm-hmm. saw it happen. It could have happened, but they didn't. Right. I, I don't think it's due to incompetence. I think it's due to plan. Right. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to play that out. We'll, we'll process it. But you, I know you had a, a question that came up with somebody that, that uh, wound up with some money and uh, what to do about it. So why don't yeah, you, why don't you ask question, that question? I yeah. think. Um, this is a young couple who is just starting out and, um, you know, a couple kids and inherited a chunk of money and did go to a financial advisor um, to help them, you know, put some investments in place and start some college funds and that sort of thing, but still have a sizable chunk left and are trying to decide, okay, what's the right thing to do with this? You know, do we, is it safe to deposit this in a bank? Um, should I be buying gold right now? What does it look like to safely, how much do I keep in savings? You know, just the very practical side um, and looking at the big picture of what's going on with the banks and trying to navigate, okay, what does this look like in practical terms? Yep. Um, well, let me uh, uh, answer that. I'm answer that in two different ways. Uh, one is um, the hesitancy of, because of the banking situation mm-hmm. is, you know, what, what do I have to be careful of? Right. Uh, so fundamentally, again, we and we kind of alluded to this, is... Um, put your accounts under different EIN numbers or different um, uh, social security numbers. So like if you're married, for example, or even have children, mm-hmm. they have different social security numbers. We'll put the, put the bank accounts in those different numbers. Mm, so okay. you, you can, uh, so a husband and wife, if you have two different, you know, which you have two different social security numbers and one account is in that number and one account is in the other number, then um, you can be insured up to five hundred thousand dollars instead of two fifty. Mm, um, okay. So that's one. You could even do that for children, and spread it out even further. You know, if you want to. Um, another thing we can do, which we talked about, is put it in different banks because mm-hmm. uh, you're insured up to two fifty. And I would, I wouldn't. One thing I wouldn't do is say, well, they bailed out that bank. Right. So of course they'll bail out mine. I would say don't don't count on that. Right. Uh, be smart about it and spread it out uh, into different uh, you know numbers. And by the way, and I would insert even researching your banks. What bank are you going to right now? Go ahead now and pay attention to how solid they look. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then by the way, you can set up your own little business uh, with a, what's called an LLC or a sub S mm-hmm. uh, incorporation. You apply for it, get it instantaneously. You get a new EIN number. Um, oh, interesting. And um, and you can say, you know, we're going to do it for, uh, you know, family. Uh, even call it family investment. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, and so I could have a social security number. I've got a consulting company, for example, the different EIN number. I can I can put money into that account, which is independent of our other personal account. So. 
fundamentally, it's spread out the money right. into, into different numbers at the same bank or different banks so that you're covered with that. And by the way, credit unions are not FDI insured, but they're insured by their own system. Uh, and they're, hmm. they're insured, okay. insured up to 250 as well. And uh, interesting enough, in the last recession, 2008, credit unions did better than banks. Um, Interesting. Why is that? Well, because a credit union is a what's called a collective, mm-hmm. and that is you have to be a member, and you um, are being managed for the membership, and uh, you're there to support each other in that, and you only can borrow and invest amongst the membership. So they're not going outside that membership. To, to get risky things, they're really just serving that membership. So they do mortgages. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize the difference in that. Yeah, mortgages, um, auto loans, but it's the mm-hmm. money money they've taken in is lent back out to the same people that put the money in. They, okay. can't, they can't go outside of that because they, they, they don't go outside their membership. Okay. So credit unions actually did better because they, they, they survived better because it was much more stable. So if you have a credit union uh, that you're part of or can't, and you can become part of it, by the way, is you may want to consider putting your a lot of your money in that. And then you could put some in the bank, some in the credit union, and you've got some you know, some hedging on that. Um, any thoughts on, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, any thoughts on um, where to invest, you know, like yes. buying gold, things like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the second piece of it is, okay, if I do that, I mean, I've got my money spread out and I'm insured. Um, as safe as I can get. By the way, nothing's ultimately safe, so uh, just recognize that. Uh, but um, the question is, well, where do I invest? Mm-hmm. And what kind of things do I invest in? Um, so uh, again, let's fundamentally know that God knows and we don't. Right. Um, so be careful even following a person's advice, like a financial advisor, Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, what does God have to say to you? And so, uh, Kathy, if you'd go to uh, James, you know, chapter one, five to eight, it's a, something we've talked about before, but let's remind us as we look at this particular question, James one, five to eight. Sure. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Yeah. So um, the word there for wisdom, if you lack wisdom, he's not talking about theology. Mm -hmm. He's talking about things that are important to you for which you right. need you need decisions wisdom in all things and circumstances yeah right? circumstances uh, personal uh, activities practical basically the practical things of life um, if you lack wisdom and by definition we do just think of investments for example mm-hmm. why do we absolutely lack wisdom on our investments because we absolutely do not know what tomorrow brings yes yeah. <laughs> because because it's all related to what's going to happen in the future, mm-hmm. uh, what's going to happen next. We don't know. Uh, God does. He says, by definition, you lack wisdom. And, right. and, so, and by the way, even your advisors lack wisdom. 
Right. So be careful that you don't say, well, I found somebody and, and they're going to tell me what to do. And I, they know more than me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. But they don't know more than God. Right. Um, and that can all be part of the ask, seek, and knock process. Correct. It's getting that, but you still got to take it back to God and ask him what of the information you've gathered he yeah. wants you to use. Right. So you, um, uh, if you lack wisdom, you ask God. Uh, together and he says I'll give it to you and the word generously there is with great clarity I'll, I'll I answer mm-hmm. your specific questions the question is what, what where do I invest mm-hmm. uh, he said well I'll let you know uh, if you have a heart to hear uh, let me tell you uh, you got to believe I'm going to tell you and then I can tell you if you don't believe I'm going to tell you I'm not telling you you know so right. you got to kind of get that settled is that well I'm asking by the way he doesn't say it has to do with maturity it doesn't have anything to do. It just has a heart to hear it, and God will get mm-hmm. you the answer. Um, so he, he was. So that then it boils down to um, pure uh, wisdom is built on um, you know kind of uh, foundation, and then piece by piece by piece of putting it together. So mm-hmm. the foundation is kind of critical, and that is um, well, what would be philosophy be of investing just per se? See, and, right. um, we would look at it as, uh, well, what do we know at the moment about the future? Mm-hmm. Um, so that if it was super stable and super known and super uh, refined and confined, we would take one perspective on it. But one thing we do know about the future right now is it's very unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, why? Well, we just saw why. Um, right. One bank collapses, and it has a ripple effect around the world. Major dominoes, um, yeah. And things can happen with, um, you know, uh, war or events, or uh, it could be like, for example, in Europe, um, because they cut off the Russia pipeline. Mm-hmm. Well, now they have limited fuel. The fuel prices have skyrocketed. Um, and what they thought they had money for, they don't. Why? Right. Well, because it literally happened in a sense overnight mm-hmm. that they couldn't have predicted that it happened, but it happened. So world events now impact um, our decision making. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's super, super unstable. Um, and by the way, how long is that going to be? It's going to get more unstable. Right. So don't rely on the past to now do what, what, what we think is good in the future because the future is all changing about the economy and the impact of investments. And because it's unstable, we have to be very, very careful. And, and, and look at it this way. I'd be careful. So I'm, I'm going to just highlight a few important things and then, and then say, you know, do get a good financial advisor and pray through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, since it's unstable, be careful that you don't have money in places that you can't liquidate them. Mm. So like, well, hey, I, and, I, and a lot of people right now is saying, I'm going to go buy a bunch of houses, you know, for real estate. Isn't that a good idea? Well, yes and no. Um, mm. That if the value of those goes way down, which is likely, by the way, I can't sell it and liquidate it because why the instability of it and the right. and, and the timeline. So be careful 
that you don't put things in long-term situations that could dramatically change and you can't you can't react to it mm-hmm. so I'd say you know that's one two is what's called hedging hedging is uh, in other words don't put all your eggs in one basket right um, and don't try to maximize return because the more that you get a higher return the riskier you're going to invest Mm-hmm. Because there's risk and reward. Is that okay? If I if I invest in these risky things, I get a higher return, but also I, I risk losing the principal. Right. So um, um, it would be to find moderation. And what you, what's called hedging is um, I have a variety of things I do, and I make sure that I hedge so that if what I thought was going to happen changes to the negative. Mm-hmm. What I hedged in actually goes way up and covers my losses over there. So I'm, I'm good either way. And that's part of the attraction of gold as part of hedging, right? Yes. Because if other things go down, gold typically goes up Yeah, because in of, response to it. That's right. Because of metals are precious and they're limited. Uh, so the value of those go up. Mm-hmm. And in, in a deep decline on, let's say, stocks and real estate, gold and silver and, and other metals goes way up. And it mm-hmm. covers. And, and so it's not about, well, I'm going to put all my money in, in gold and silver, but rather I'm going to hedge what mm-hmm. I do over here in the stock market or in uh, uh, money markets or in uh, other investments. And I'm going to put a portion of that. And generally, you know, if you right. put, if you put, you know, twenty to twenty-five percent in that, you've you've properly hedged because because it, okay. it, it's gonna it's gonna accelerate um, a lot more than your other seventy-five percent if it, if it if it goes down. Right. Now, if these other other seventy-five do really well, gold tends to go down, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Um, I've I've hedged because that purpose is for your hedge, really. I've hedged properly, yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's to ask for wisdom. Um, understand the dynamics and that everything is very fragile right now uh, and therefore be careful of, of uh, too risky or too long mm-hmm. uh, and start to have a balance in what you do and get get some good people around you and it would be it would be twofold one would be a, a really skilled advisor who isn't selling you anything right so they don't have a vested interest. Uh, they're in it, they're say. just they're just historically good at being able to handle uh, uncertainty, mm-hmm. um, and they advise you to to diversify and to hedge properly, and um, and they get money. You know, you're going to pay them money, but right. but they're not getting something out of a com- big commission because I've sold you, you know, this mm-hmm. idea. So don't get a salesperson. Get a really good technical advisor who's good at it and has a history of being good at it. And then two is have an inner circle around you that you process this with and let them look at it and evaluate with you and ask you good questions. Because remember, it's the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, I can confirm that that's what God is saying or, oh man, I, uh, I, I don't feel really good about that. I think you ought to keep right. going. Uh, you don't really have an answer, even though you're getting this expert. I, and I have, I have a lot of people that I actually help with that who say, well, yeah, but my advisor says. Mm-hmm. And I says, don't rely on your advisor. That He's not God. Right. Um, and it seems to me he's trying to sell you something right. and convince you of stuff that just isn't so. 
be like, for example, ah, the market, the economy is going to be fine. There's no, there's no risk. That well, that's false. Right. Come, come, don't believe false things at all. You know. So, um, uh, as you look at this important thing, this is very, very important, and a lot of people have this uh, in mind is. Do do be wise and evaluate where your money is, mm-hmm. and protect yourself up to the insured limits. And if right. you if you go beyond that, you need to try to try to move things around to protect yourself better. And mm-hmm. then and then two, where you put the money, uh, make sure that that you understand the dynamics, you diversify, and you have a hedge as part of your strategy. So that no matter which way, the, in other words, you're protected. Mm-hmm. If it goes up, you're, you're doing fine. If it goes way down, you're still doing fine. Right. Um, because God has given you the wisdom to do that. So, um, you know, pursue that. Um, uh, I never tell anybody where they should put their money or how much. Mm-hmm. I tell them, evaluate this, consider this, and now start processing specifics with God. I can help confirm things. That's um, great. But, yeah. uh, but don't rely. I said don't rely on anybody mm-hmm. to tell you what to do. You've got to get instruction from God. This is a great right. example of God saying, let me show you. I know the answer. I'll get it to you. By the way, get you good people that will help you. Right. Uh, and again, you know, we say this all the time, but this sort of thing, again, is one more platform and invitation to intimacy with God. Right. When we actually take that time to surrender to him, to seek his face and all of it, to dialogue with him, this is an opportunity for us to grow in our faith and our trust in him as well and in our hearing of him. That's right. That's right. Um, and even big questions on top of that, by the way, about debt and mm-hmm. and uh, how does that play into it? So that's that's a big piece at all. And by the way, uh, just to add this, uh, it's all driven by my trust in God, which he says, by the way, you need to tithe to, to me, your gains, and do you trust me? Uh, if you do, I'll reward you. If you don't, you're actually in jeopardy of losing what, what you have. Mm. Uh, he said that's a fundamental principle of are you going to trust me or not? And, and there's, right. ev- there's evidence of that. You, you actually give a tithe plus to God's work or you don't. You know, and, right. and um, uh, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting truth on top of it all. You know, so... We'll, uh, we'll pick this up again uh, next week. We'll, we'll take more about what's, there's lots of things happening in banking, by the way, that we'll talk more about. But uh, it was, I think it was a great question. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what we're trying to keep saying is um, because of what's happening, which we just saw, mm-hmm. that the system was just about on the edge. Right. Is you, we have to have wisdom. Um, and the only way to get wisdom is to walk with God be abiding with him, have a good inner circle with you and and let him show you the decisions because he knows the answer. And he says, I can still deliver the covenant to you mm-hmm. in spite of what's going on. But if you ignore it, you will be, you will suffer consequences of that. Um, right. So it's, it's kind of an important question. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing on that. I know this is real life, real struggles right now. And so I think it's just great to be able to have the opportunity to lead people back to the feet of God and teach them to hear his voice and all of that. So thanks for sharing your wisdom and thank you to everyone for joining us and we'll see you next time. Have a great weekend. We'll see you then. Yep. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See. 
your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos. Thank you.